0: sit back and relax, educate and inform. Cozy conversations, drop the knowledge that's for real. Indigo Studio, always in the know. With Hermine Hartman, you'll be enlightened. Um. and
1: i Hermine Hartman with Indigo Studio, and today we're going to connect with black men. Being a black man in America means many things, and it really depends on who you ask. So we're gonna talk about manhood, and we're going to connect intergenerationally, talking about now generation and the next generation. Our guest, Mr. Lewis Carr. He's the president of media sales at BET Networks, and he's the founder of the Blueprint Men's Summit. Christian Northington is a social media entrepreneur, and he's also an intern at Indigo Studio. And Madison Bowen, he's a health insurance agent and the proud father of a son. And John Early is a healthcare consultant with over 20 years of mentoring young black men. And Derek Harris is a grant consultant for the world of philanthropy.
0: Cozy conversations drop the
1: knowledge that's for real. Welcome. Welcome to all of you. So, Lois, let me start with you because you've done something really, really interesting. Your Instagram page uses reels to discuss mentoring with black men. Tell me about that. Tell me how you use that.
2: Well. Number one, we want to connect to young black men. Mm -hmm. So Reels are the things right now. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to make sure that we provided a platform and engagement with that would attract them immediately. Mm -hmm. So that's why we're using Reels. And we try to give them content that inspires them and speaks, uh, spooks their curiosity. So Mm -hmm. that's why we use Reels. And so
1: also tell me about the Blueprint program. How did you start that?
2: Uh, the Blueprint Men's Summit, which we're doing this weekend, is really something special to me. What I'm trying to do and trying to give back, just like people gave to me. Uh, I tell this story all the time. I didn't want to go to college. Uh, I was an All-American in high school and could went to college free, but I didn't want to go to college. It took a village of people convincing me that that was the right thing to do. So what we're trying to do is educate inspire and motivate black men to sort of get to the next level. So our theme this year is being your best self. What it looks like, sounds like, and what it acts like.
1: And so tell us about the dynamic of it, because you bring young black men, but you have successful men come in from the sports world, from the business world, from entertainment, and, and talk with them. Tell me about that dynamic. So we're
2: trying to meet men wherever they are. You could be a vice president, or you could be 17 years old trying to figure it out. We're trying to meet you where you are. And we bring in what we call people who've lived that journey, Mm -hmm. who've basically come from neighborhoods that you've come from and who've made it to very, very, very high level and been consistent with their success. Mm -hmm. So we're excited this year as we bring in people like Master P, the serial entrepreneur, Damon, Damon Dash. Damon Dash, (laughs) uh, who's worked with Kanye West and Jay-Z. Also Fat Joe, who's been an icon for years in the hip-hop business. And then we sort of address the spiritual needs. We've we've had Bishop, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Dr. Brazier. From Apostolic Church of God, we have uh, Pastor Reginald Sharp from Fellowship, and we have Charles Jenkins, who's pastor emeritus as Fellowship. So we're trying to cover the whole gamut of finance, entrepreneurship, health and wellness, relationships, and climbing the corporate ladder.
1: And you don't allow women?
2: No, we do At don't. all? No, we Not don't. Not even for the gala? No, yes, we do allow women for the gala. Yes, we do, because we're giving a woman an award. Well, who's getting the award? Pam Blackman. That's wonderful. Is giving the, getting the Making right. the Difference Award.
1: Now, that's new. That's a new element. No. You always had mm-hmm. women?
2: Yeah. To MC, Light. Of- MC Light. MC uh, Light okay. has got the award before.
1: So, um, Christian, talk to me
3: about where you are and where you want to go. Well, right now, um, being 29, I am trying to um, enter um, the entrepreneurial world Mm -hmm. and trying to make a difference. I didn't go to college, so, and I don't plan on going either. But I've seen a lot of people in my day um, just, you know, around how successful they are, you know. But Lewis went to college. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean. He went to college. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> I understand that okay, um well, the thing is you know that's that's where I'm at right now is that um not to say that any of that you know won't change, you know again, it took a lot of convincing, right, so again, you know you had the people around you, you had that 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 family you know to help you and guide you through those um so that's where I'm at right now, and i again, with what I'm trying to build and what I'm going to build will you know. M- put me in a successful place.
1: So you you really want to be an entrepreneur? I really do. Okay, and so Madison, as a young father, what life lessons do you want to pass on to your son?
4: Well, I tell everybody I love my son with a passion because I've always had a father, so I feel like I never had a situation where when I had my son, I shouldn't be, you know, around him. But I really just feel like the life lessons are just experience. I love how you talk about college, where it's one of those things where I went to Jackson for a little while, Jackson State, Mississippi, and it was a great experience, but I was able to use that and find so many different opportunities just by me marketing myself. So I just feel like with my son Maddox, he's my little remix. I just want to make sure that um, he trusts himself and he takes his journey and doesn't feel like everybody else's journey has to impression his own choices
1: you just want him to do his own thing that's right be his own man be
4: his own person yep
1: okay now john early we, we we you and i chatted and you talked about a group of men at church that you've worked with for many many decades and how you are on call for younger men for real life experiences, where you go and help, no matter who they are or where they are.
5: Tell me about that. That is correct. A handful of us did some brainstorming, probably in 1995. We talked about having outlets for guys, right? Men, to actually talk and go with things that's going on in their lives. And there weren't many to choose from. So we said, let's form our own little organization, our own little group of guys, informal. It's roughly been 10 to 12 guys over the last 25 years. We get together and we talk about real-life issues, right? And we meet probably once a month. And we've done this since 1995.
1: What are some of the real-life issues?
5: Well, what's going on in your life? In other words, what's going on with your children? What's going on with your career? What are you dealing with? Who help you help? Who have you helped lately? Have you helped anybody? Are you reaching back, pulling somebody with you? Right? These real conversations, they're all confidential. We lead the eagles at the front door. It doesn't matter what your career is or how much money you have and things like that but it's real life conversations about real things that are going on. And so we've been there for each other all this time and we kept it real informal. But if you need something, we're there for you. It's one of the best things I've ever done in my life, to be honest with you, because we've given to each other so much. We're not there to solve each other's problems. We're there to help each other get through life and talk about real issues. A lot of times, men, we don't get a chance to talk about real things. We talk about a lot of superficial things. and So this is an opportunity for us to do our thing and help along the way. So uh, 25 years in county and it's been a really, really wonderful ride. So, Why
1: why don't men talk about real things?
5: That's a why is, that, is, that really. a, is that the
1: macho thing or no, what I, is I just that? I think
5: our conditioning is a little different. I just think that women and little girls come up being able to express themselves and be a little more emotional and talk about what's going on and guys are a little bit more laid back, a little bit more focused, and we have our own little cliques, maybe playing sports or hanging out with the guys, we do those things, but we're not out running around showing emotion and really getting stuff off our chest. So this is an opportunity for, for, for us as men and people in general, to get stuff off your chest. And that's been a really wonderful experience that, that I've enjoyed.
1: It's important. Cozy conversations
0: drop the knowledge that's for real. Indigo Studio. How dependable is your power? As dependable as 2 a.m. wake-up calls, grandpa showing up an hour early, and perfect timing. Because you can count on ComEd to keep the lights on and keep you informed. So your electric service is as dependable as sleepless nights.
4: The sun has risen, the pride has returned, and the time has come to join the circle of life at The Lion
3: King. Now playing at the Cadillac Palace Theater through January 14th. Get tickets at broadwayandchicago.com. Our goal is to see you become effective leaders. To support your passions. And help your community. So whether you're pursuing an undergraduate degree or transferring from another school, Our goal Our goal Our goal
1: Is is to see you accomplish yours.
5: Don't miss your chance to see The Lion King, one of the most awe-inspiring productions ever brought to life on stage.
3: Now playing at the Cadillac Palace Theatre through January 14th. Get tickets at broadwayandchicago.com
0: cozy conversations
1: drop the knowledge that's for real so derek tell me this um, what do you what is your advice to a young black man who might be gay does he come out does he not come out what does it mean if he does what does it mean if he doesn't when should he when shouldn't he What's the dynamic of that these days?
6: Well, my perspective is that, um, and I don't use the term gay because I don't actually identify with the LGBTQ community. My advice is that he recognized that he is a black man before he is anything. You know, Malcolm used to say, we're not being persecuted because we are disabled or because we are uneducated or because we are what we're it's because we're black and so there is systemic and structural um racism that exists that cannot be avoided uh there's an interesting book that i read many many years ago the problem with black boys and there are some real challenges so coming out, I don't even know what that means in the context of today because everything is so open and transparent. Um, but I'm kind of old school in that regards, and I you know the old folks used to say, um, all of that ain't necessary. Um, the reason that I personally don't subscribe to the LGBTQ movement is that my experience, uh, and I'm 68 years old. Um, I'm a 68 year old, same gender loving black man. Um, I've never had a problem being gay. I have had a problem being a black man oh in America. Man. <laughs> so, and the reason I have not had a problem being gay is because I am a black man first. I don't, I, my, my persona is not defined by my sexuality. And so I think a lot of what happens uh, today is that people get caught up in the hype. And that's very unfortunate. So I would just say be a man, uh, not necessarily an alpha man, be an omega man.
1: <laughs> man. A
6: man. You Key know, word, car- man first. A man, and carve your own reality. Uh, and I don't think that has anything to do with sexual behavior or sexual activity. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of my friends are heterosexual or straight, um, you know, with families and the like, uh, because that's who I am, and that's what I am. For family is important to me. I don't have any children, but I have lots of children. I have, I have a bevy of nieces and nephews, and I've mentored so many people over the years. I can count them on more hands and toes than I have. But, uh, and they all respect me, not because of my, because they don't get into my sexuality. And le- like I don't get into theirs, right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and I'm so much more than that, and so I, that would be my advice, is to be a man first. Such however you limiting, define that to be.
1: limiting label. Uh, to limiting, just walk your, around saying that, it's just
6: that, that I'm gay, or that I'm, <coughs> I'm, a, I'm a member of the LGBT community, X, Y, Z, A, B, C. And as you know, um, because I've written extensively about the pronouns piece, I think that is the most ridiculous conversation that has ever surfaced. Because who cares about your pronouns, right? Uh, For me, I'd rather just call you Hermine than if we gotta get into all that. Please. And I'm not really, you know what I'm saying for real. Um, And my experience with the, uh, let me just go back to the beginning. Um, I remember when the LGBTQ movement began. Um, I was a student at Lake Forest College in Lake Forest. Um, and I had an opportunity to meet people who were in ACT OUT. Or ACT UP. ACT UP. That was the name of it. ACT UP. Out what? of New York. Oh. a Very radical white group that kind of led the movement, the LGBT, the, what, what eventually morphed into the LGBTQ
2: movement.
1: You were mentored. Who mentored you? What was your mentorship? You being, you Lewis being mentored, what was that like and who was it?
2: It was some of everybody. Mm -hmm. It was neighbors, it Mm -hmm. was teachers, it was coaches, Mm -hmm. it was employers, Mm -hmm. it was some of everybody. Mm -hmm. Uh, I talk about, I've had 19 Waymakers in my life. People who saw something in me before I saw it in myself, Mm -hmm. and they decided to do something about it. Mm -hmm. So I've had the privilege of having a lot of people believe in me before I b- believed in myself. That's great.
1: So, uh, Christian, how do you feel about the pronouns? Whew.
3: I'm, I'm. To be honest, um, I think it is also a, a ridiculous conversation um, because it's, it's at some point it becomes really hard to understand what you want to be called, right? So, if when I meet you, I say, "Hey, my name's Chris and you tell me your name, right? that's what I would rather call that's you. Because enough, how do I, I, one thing I struggle with is them, they. I don't, I don't know how to, you know what I mean? I don't know how to address. So it's like, okay, well, you like to be called them or you like to be called they, and I'm taking it like, well, if I say, hey, they, like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, that's not your name. Like, does that make sense? Or is it when you refer to them, you refer to them as well, they said, you know, this or they said that, you know what I'm saying? So I'm, I get confused and I'm just like, well, what's your name? And then we, we can go from there, you know what I mean?
1: So, um, Madison, what are the challenges that you see that you face for black males today? What's the, is what Name three challenges that black men have that probably nobody else, black women don't have it, white men don't have it, white women don't have it, what's, what's happening with black men? It's challenging today.
4: I feel like one big thing is, and you kind of touched on that earlier. We was talking about emotions. I feel like we're at that like kind of renaissance period where guys are starting to really think about the traumas and the problems that happened in the past, and it's kind of like upchucking. It's just like coming up, and it's like making people just more angry or making us more volatile. You know, so it's like we're trying to sort through all of those problems, and I feel like that's number one right now for a lot of us. Number two, I feel like a lot of fathers are just dealing with how they see the perception of themselves in this world. You know, I feel like that's a big problem. I feel like we're going through this world expecting certain things because like for example for myself i have a friend who i told him my business idea that we've been trying to work with but i've always said i'm a black male so i just feel like because i'm black i need to have this thing making money first i need to have revenue i need to be at a certain level where if i'm pitching to people they understand what's going on you know versus just the idea but it's like at the end of the day he was telling me that's not the situation you know i mean you believe in yourself you have an idea we should be able to put it in front of people and they accept it and I feel like that is a big thing that people are dealing with where we're counting ourselves out and not doing the necessary work to actually get to the next level you know and then the third thing, oh that was the second thing right, oh the third thing let's see I just feel like loving ourselves is the biggest problem I feel like we always are trying to find love in someone else whether it's a woman or our job or whatever like we can never allow us the opportunity to feel different, think different you know maybe even be different, and I just feel like I, me loving myself more and having my son and just loving our journey together, I feel like that's been helping me, and I feel like if more of my friends loved themselves, we, ugh, things would be so much better. It is key. studio
0: cool. yeah. How dependable is your power? As dependable as 2 a.m. wake-up calls, Grandpa showing up an hour early. And perfect timing. Because you can count on ComEd to keep the lights on and keep you informed. So your electric service is as dependable as sleepless nights.
4: The sun has risen. The pride has returned. And the time has come to join the circle of life at The Lion King.
3: Now playing at the Cadillac Palace Theater through January 14th. Get tickets at broadwayandchicago.com. Our goal is to see you become effective leaders. To support your passions. And help your community. So whether you're pursuing an undergraduate degree or transferring from another school, our goal... Our goal Our goal is to
1: see you accomplish yours.
5: Don't miss your chance to see The Lion King, one of the most awe-inspiring productions ever brought to life on stage.
3: Now playing at the Cadillac Palace Theatre through January 14th. Get tickets at broadwayandchicago.com.
0: Cozy conversations drop the
1: knowledge that's for real. Okay, so now we're gonna lighten up and we're gonna have some fun. So I'm gonna pull a question from the box and I'm gonna ask the question at large. So the first question is, what's a misconception about black men? Oh Lord, we'll be here all night, won't we? Derek, what's a misconception? A misconception
6: is that all black men are strong. And I think it's an artificial construct um, that poses a very problematic dynamic because it's impossible to fulfill that role. Um, And black men are born into a very precarious position. We were born as a problem. We, we are a problem at birth. We're, we're a threat to society <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on so many different levels. And it's unfortunate uh, because of the work that I've done in Chicago Public Schools, I remember uh, the same behavior that would be exhibited by a young white boy would be ascribed as being, he's assertive, he's, he's demonstrating good uh, leadership skills. A Black boy, same behavior, he's aggressive, he's angry, he's hostile. Same behavior. And so, it's almost like you're in a box. And but so, then,
1: the black boy, they begin to teach him how to suppress. Suppress. Suppress
6: himself. Oh, absolutely, oh, oh absolutely. And it's condoned. And black mothers, um, and they, all of us have mothers, you know. <laughs> we had mothers, that's how we got here, right? Uh, Black mothers tend to do a better job of raising their daughters because they actually raise their daughters. They love their sons. They don't raise them, they just love them to death. And it's that, I remember, let me give you an example. I remember going um, to a house where a little boy, he he was a very bright young man, but he was a discipline problem. I went to the house. His sisters—they all—they've got chores to do, and they're washing dishes, and cooking, and cleaning. And they, he's sitting up playing the Xbox and 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 just chilling, right? He, he, didn't, he didn't have no responsibility, you know. And he was—they called him Big Man, little boy, Big Man. <laughs> so that—that's what I mean by loving them and not really giving him a responsibility. Giving, you know, it—it's it, like.
1: So, artificial to, sense of to get that responsibility, what age should you be to go to work? How old should you be before you go to work?
5: Before you go to work? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a very good question. I, I know I in my family, I started early. My dad, we live on the west side and the south side of Chicago with a little kid and we worked down in Maxwell Street. We started at seven, eight years old. So, I don't think there's a limit or, or some kind of criteria of age you should start. If you're taught to have responsibility, Mm -hmm. and you're taught how to handle your life and how to start looking at the whole world, because I had other role models around me, and part of the misconception is black men, we don't have support. We have a lot of support. I had people that took interest in me, like you said earlier, Louis, that took interest in me, saw potential in me. They helped me form my thought process. I was the first one in my family to go to college and finish. I'm from a family of 12. So I was a big family, but I had a lot of because My uncles were doctors. Had uncle doctor, dentist, Supreme Court judge, the state of Arkansas. So I have a, a whole different background. So my support system was there. But my father was an entrepreneur from day one. So I know about entrepreneurs that are close and personal. So he taught my brother and I, one of my brother and I, we, uh, to get up early in the morning, come to work early, like seven, eight, eight years old. We had to do that. So we had to perform, we had to do work. We had to learn how to count. We had to learn how to talk to people. So that was my early on uh, education uh, growing up in, in, in society. But I don't think there's an age limit. I mean, I think the legal limit, uh, age is like 15 or 16, according to the labor law, but... But that's not what I'm talking I'm talking about that paper route.
1: Yeah. I'm yeah. talking about bagging those groceries. Yeah, I did all that. I'm talking about yeah. Uh, yeah. washing yeah. the
5: car. Yeah. Shoveling the snow. Shoveling the snow, yeah, cutting yes. the grass.
1: The I'm talking about loose. that, what you do yes. in the in the neighborhood, yes. at the church, yeah, absolutely. but you get that. that, the point is, you start learning accountability, Yes. and responsibility, that's right. that's and that's the lesson yeah, that's to, to be had. What was the key that said, you're going?
2: I was a great listener, and I was a very disciplined child, all right? So when people told me something, first thing I thought about it, real a commitment, like, hmm, let me think about that. And when you think about something, you listen, you hear different perspectives, then you make a decision. Then I had a mother that said, I don't, you can think all you want, but you're going. <laughs> <laughs> so the, that probably was the real thing. Like you, you can go through all that process you want to go through. See, but think on. Huh? Think on, but you're going.
1: So Jim Reynolds tells the story of he was in school, and he was bad. And he was playing ball and doing things. And he said one day he passed the library. He said, and they were, everybody was reading, And he said it was so quiet. And he was like, I wonder what they're doing in there. And he went in and the librarian said, Would you you could choose a book? And he was like, What am I gonna do with a book? She said, You might read it and learn something. And he said, That conversation, this is a true story. That conversation, that one book, that one time, flipped him straight around, and all of a sudden what they were doing, and, and he said, well, these people are going somewhere. These people are going to college. These people are going to get rich. These people are doing something. And he says, he tells that story, and it's so funny, because he said, it actually turned my life around. One of the things about mentoring is sometimes you don't know you're being mentored when you're being mentored. You're being mentored because somebody maybe chose you, like you said. Sometimes people see something in you. It could be the minister. It could be the teacher, it could be the neighbor, but they'll see something in you that maybe you don't see in yourself. So Christian, all of that to say, you're going to college. (laughs) 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 For sure, you're going to college. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for being with us for Indigo Studio today. And we were connecting with black men. Sit
0: back and relax educate and inform. Cozy conversations, drop the knowledge that's for real. Ghost Studio, always in the know. With Hermine Hartman, you'll be enlightened up and up.